Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Brothers Grimdark, where we finally finish off the Necron Codex, where I also believe we're recording in hell. It is hotter than Satan's ballsack in here, and I know, because you've seen him in the shower. How did that come about? Dad, I took, took a quick dip in hell. A quick? From uh, from the Eye of Terror. The, hang on, the, so, the, the, the Christian wait. hell is not... Yeah, it does. Accessible because, from the Eye of Terror. Because the way Nor is the Eye of Terror accessible to us? No. no it's no, not no. here yet. It is. It's the warp the warp is the ephemeral manifestation of humanity, humanity's beliefs and humanity's souls. And some other beliefs in there as and well. Some other but, beliefs in there as well. Yeah. Which is all very cool. Yeah. So in this current world, the warp yeah. would be the literal biblical heaven and hell. No, it wouldn't be. You could see no, Satan in the it, shower. It's not a reflect. <laughs> no, it's it's not a reflection of belief. It's a, fre- a reflection of emotion, more so. Hence, why things like corn. Nobody believes. Well, before fuck it. This is going to get complicated now. There's no religion based around corn before chaos worshiping turned up properly. But corn always existed due to the way that it's pe- the chicken and the egg. Let's be no, fair. No, hang on. The people were obsessed with bloodshedding and killing and you know, martial combat before they were worshiping corn. You don't know that. As he is. You don't know that. Well, according to the Chaos Gods, he's been around since neither, neither dawn of time. Well, maybe some people back then were very into... Slanesh. Nobody yeah. believed in Slanesh. He just turned up because the Eldar were partying hard. They were rogering each other very hard. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us nicely to the, the Necron Codex. Codex, yeah. Okay, so we have four units left, which we're going to discuss. We're also going to briefly discuss the lore of the major dynasties. Which, which one would you like to do first? Let's finish the units. Finish the units, then come to the dynasties. Or dynasties, if you like. It's pronounced dynasty, so... No. Unless... I'm pretty sure there's an American program called Dynasty. But which they, is like a... Well, they can't shit. pronounce it properly, then. Well, okay, that's just... That's incredibly racist. To everyone out there that's American, you pronounce it how you like. Look, the English language is the bastard child of a dozen or so other languages. And American is the next step <laughs> in bastardization. Doomsythe. Uh, <laughs> No. Doomsight. Okay, so oh, it's got multiple goddamn profiles. Anyway, just ignore the multiple profiles. I don't give a shit. Nobody well, else gives a shit. Look, <laughs> we have to try and do this properly. Nobody gives a shit. Go on then. Okay, so uh, three profiles. Top profile when it's seven to twelve plus wounds. Don't know how it could be twelve plus, but because twelve is the maximum. Uh, movement twenty to sixty inches. BS three plus attacks three. Uh, four to six, twenty to forty inches move. BS4 plus attacks D3. Uh, remaining uh, wounds 1 to 3 is 20 to 25 inches. BS5 plus attacks 1. It has a WS of a 6 plus, just in case you are bashing into other planes with it. Which I feel... I suppose to stop it assaulting infantry units by just dive-bombing them. But I feel aerial combat, there should be some kind of modifier to make planes collide more easily. Albeit with horrific consequences. Yeah, I think the way it should be is that it should... Disincentivize, disincentivize, decentivize. No, it's disincentivize. Disincentivize. Oh, I Decentivize would mean you stop it smelling. <laughs> but yeah, they sh- they should make you not want to smash your planes into each other because it should do horrific damage. Yeah. But also, suicide bombing could be a thing. Yep. Uh, which would make flyers really quite cool versus each other because you could just smash into each other. As an orc player, I approve. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah. Okay, so strength uh, 6, toughness 6, 12 wounds, um, leadership turn save 3+. plus. Equipped with a death ray and two Tesla Destructors. We're going to begin with the Tesla Destructors first. <laughs> okay, please. 
Please do. 24 inch range, assault 4, strength 7, AP nothing, damage 1. Each roll of a 6 plus for this weapon causes 3 hits instead of 1. Yeah, so it's Which like is, Mucho, Mucho Tesla. It is Mucho Tesla. Well, it is like all of the Tesla, albeit stronger. Yeah. Uh, then the Death Ray. Range 24 inches, uh, heavy D3, strength 10, AP minus 4, D6 damage. That's not bad. That is not bad, but it does sound like it was named by a child. Or Dr. Evil. Or Dr. Evil. Yeah. Dr. Evil or a child. Why well, is it no, called a no, death ray? Like every, the, no, no, but as soon as you call something a death ray, yeah. that implies that everything else is non-lethal. Because you know in like old-timey films, they'd be like, oh, this is the death ray. Okay, well, this is the laser that they're going to use to kill someone. Okay. Because it's the death ray. Right. Or the death ray will be in space and they'll shoot the right. death ray at Earth. Yeah. Doctor Evil style. Okay, but also more importantly, their descriptions of how it works, it doesn't sound like a ray. Oh, like, it's God. kind of an energy blast from the sounds of it. An energy blast, okay. Yep, we, that's not how I imagine rays to work. Well. <laughs> but, according, according to according to forty, according to 6th edition Necron Codex, this is how it works. Okay, they have living metal, so they regen one way to turn. Airborne, so, you know, cannot yep. charge. Oh, they they can't charge. Then why do they have a six? Okay, they could be assaulted. I take it back. Yeah. Um, cannot charge can only be charged by units that can fly. It can only attack or be attacked in the fight phase by units that can fly. It just feels like such a useless thing. I'm going to say it again. I really hate that a lot of these vehicles have this six plus to hit three attacks thing because it just slows down the game. It's like you're not going to do anything with these three attacks. There's a chance though, and like there's, the, there's, a, there's chance a chance of there's a chance move. of heroism where Doomsight knocks out a hive tyrant. A flyer in but it. it's also ridiculous because if you think of that scenario, the high time's flown up, flailing his flailing his limbs. He gets dinked on the chin by the plane. And then he again, then it, falls no, to earth and also dies. Also, the plane should do a lot more damage, seeing as it's travelling at absurd speeds. Yeah, that, that's why we need to bring in this death ramming. <laughs> yeah, there should be ramming rules. Yeah, for okay. aircraft. It's hard to hit, so you know minus one to hit rolls for attacks that uh, target this model in the shooting phase. Also, supersonic. Each time the model moves, first pivot it on the spot up to 90 degrees. This does not contribute to how far the model moves. Then move the model straight forwards. Note that it cannot pivot again after the initial pivot. When this model advances, increase its move characteristic by 20 till the end of the phase. Do not roll a dice. Then it has crash and burn. Uh, if the model is reduced to zero wounds, roll a d6 before removing on the battlefield. On a 6, it crashes in a fire explosion on each unit within 6 of its d3 mortal wounds. So it drops straight down, plumb out the air. Plumb out the air. Which... It's weird. Uh, it's, it's, a weird it's weird, but I, to be fair, I would not want to try and work out how to, you know. Yeah, it'd have to be like three d six random forward movement in the in the sort of yeah the front ninety degree or forty five degree angle somewhere in there based on a scatter die. Which one is it closest to? Yeah. Like yeah, that wouldn't be worth it. And then you know six inches around that. Sorry, d six inches. Uh, yep, six, six inches, inches around that. Yep. Six inches. Yeah. Okay, so that is everything. It can it can have density traits, and you should be running it with Sotek. If you're having these, you're running Sotek. Okay. Because um, they give you basically, you can move and fire heavy weapons as though they're assault. I'm, I'm going to quickly check it just to be sure. Yeah, I mean that that's the most logical thing because it's strange that they give you this flying gun platform that has like this is the only way to mitigate the heavy is with Sotek. Yeah, yeah. Okay, unless it's advanced the turn, a unit with this code does not suffer the penalty to hit for moving and firing a heavy weapon. So it means that you're on average two shots are hitting on a three plus rather than a four plus, which is massive. Yeah. Which is massive. Yeah. What's the law then? What is the law of this thing? Uh, the law on the Doom Scythe. Basically, it's all about the engine. 
uh, what, like the entire lore section is the engine? Mostly, yeah. Okay. Because it's a scaled-up version of the Tomb Blade engine. Oh, good God. Oh, good God. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me it's erotically corkscrewing through the air. Oh, no. Okay. Thank God for that, at least. I don't know what, what new evil this is, but thank God it's not doing that. It's a new form. It's a, it's a fresh hell. It's a very fresh hell. So, when Tomb Blades fly about, the noise they make is unnerving. So the whine of the drive is piercing and discomforting, to quote. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> Sounds like my ex-wife, eh? I guess She's so. She's in jail. <laughs> because she is piercing and discomforting. Yeah. <laughs> she stabbed a man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But when is piercing ever comfortable? When is the word piercing ever comfortable? I had a piercing drink. <laughs> it doesn't I... sound good, though, does it? Some people enjoy having piercings. That's true. Yeah, we've got to cover those but, but followers. Yeah. Cover yeah. our bases here. Yeah, there's going to be some people who enjoy being pierced. I didn't... <laughs> like, uh, anyway, like, this is... It's going down a dark rabbit hole very yeah. quickly. So, with the Doom Scythe, this uh, piercing and discomforting wine <laughs> is amplified a shit ton. Okay. They say, by that many hundreds of times greater... I'm going to quote it directly. Resonates deep within the primitive core of living brains, playing havoc with memory, perception, and sanity. What? <laughs> this is playing fucking games with my sanity. What? When it flies by... What? No. Victims collapse into, into catatonia, slumber to slack-jawed vacuity, and suffer hallucinations of their dead comrades return to worm-eaten life. <laughs> What? This is basically the fear from Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid 3. Way, way, way beyond that. It's an engine. It's an engine. It's the engine noise. Wait, do do you hear that? My God, my eyes! Johnny! Okay, hang on. To be fair, to give this way, way more credit than it's due. Yeah. There is the theory whereby certain noises resonate with different parts of your body, and when the one that resonates with your eyes is going, you will see some shit. Yeah. Albeit, it's more of a case of you see unexplainable information. You know, I see unexplainable information, brain tries to rationalise it, and it turns out being a bit weird. Yeah. It wouldn't be this strong a hallucination. Like, that is a but thing also, which... like, the collapsing and the screaming. Oh, no, that, the... yeah. Also, I'm sorry, could you point me to where in the rules? That this nowhere. Thing... Absolutely this, nowhere. This thing in the fluff shatters people's minds By and f- their sanity. And yet in the rules, nah, it's just a regular flyer. So basically... What? Yeah. What? So it thinks it, it on its first pass it doesn't even attack. It just flies over the enemy position, turning them mental, throwing down the weapons and basically curling the double out of sheer fear and oh crying. God. And if they haven't surrendered at that point, then it turns around and opens fire. And that's when they surrender from one No, that then just wipes them out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Why? Why did they write that bit okay, of let's, law? Hang on. <laughs> They've got okay, insane. So, and then there's there's no warning for the death ray strikes because everyone's too busy crying. Um, they won't notice the crystal underneath charging up, ready to go. The death ray from the crystal charging yeah. up. No, now, well, hold no, on. No, no, no one, no wonder they can't see that because they're busy seeing the faces of all the dead people. Specifically, only the dead. The living only are not hallucinating about. Yeah. <laughs> weirdly enough, it's very strange how they tuned the engine just to just to do that. Give them the sixth sense. 
But that wait, hold on. But that means that somewhere in this world now, yeah, according to this writer, there is a, a form of vibration that will make you go insane. Which on hang on, on top it, level, that doesn't sound bad. That sounds. You're okay. looking for vibration that turns you insane. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds okay. That sounds pretty metal. But why is it from like, a okay, Necron if, if, plane? If this was Dark Eldar, yeah, and it was meant to be some sort of howling, well, tortured scream. It makes more sense if you've seen the do uh, the Night Scythe lore first, because they're trying to do a bit more of the. Like, this is the in the old Codex. There was a fair bit of trying to do a bunch of horror tropes. Yeah, um, and they try and do some horror tropes with these too. Like none of the other new units really try to do the hey look classic horror tropes. Weirdly enough, because that was a big Necron thing. These two try it. Yeah, but 6th edition Necron t- turned them all into mummies. It 1920s did. 1920s mummies. It turned them into 1920s mummies. God. So, anyway, let's let's describe what the Death Ray, Ray, what that Ray looks like. Okay. Because they explain it quite clearly. When the Nimbus pulses one final time... <laughs> sorry, that's my slash fiction. Uh, an irresistible beam... Of blinding white light. Okay. Burst from the Doom Scythe. Okay. Vaporizing infantry and tanks alike. Uh, alike. See, to me, that sounds more like energy. But I suppose it could be a ray of light that annihilates everything. Yeah, I, I can see. To be ray. fair. I think there's to enough be fair. Affection. Uh, justification. Justification. That's, yeah, that's yeah. completely not the right word. So like that thing is just crazy bonkers. Oh yeah, it, it it's. I would love to see some rules about this because then it would mean, like, if they manage to make the potential morale damage more interesting than firing the death ray, like maybe we'll do want to try and fly over the infantry. Yeah, I'd be in a bad position to fire the death ray at tanks, but maybe that'd be an interesting decision to make. As yeah. is nowhere in the rules at all. I think it'd be fun if it had a once per battle ability, mm-hmm. where any unit it flies over. Just like maybe on a four plus or something, they take D three mortal wounds to represent people just going insane. That I don't know how you'd if you want to double that. down. Yeah. Other than that, you have to change the law. Yeah. I'm afraid you have to yeah. change the law if you're not going to give it some sort of insane. This is thing. A, an issue we've had with a few of these units now. It's like, come on, like have have at least yeah. have a token rule of maybe if a doom scythe is within twelve inches of unit, they have minus one loot chip. Yeah, I mean something like that. Even then. I mean that's that's very tame from a law law perspective. Oh yeah, like but then again, like an awful lot of law is, for instance, any law of any space marine is. Yeah, but I would argue that's bad law because <laughs> it's one space marine is the equivalent of fifty planets smashing into each other with giant erections. What? <laughs> Why are they that strong? That's a very no, that's, strong. That's not the first question I have here. <laughs> I think it is. If Why you've do... read the space marine law, no, my first question is: Why do planets have erections? Oh, you don't know enough about astrology then. Do you uh, mean uh, astronomy? No. <laughs> <laughs> the stars are right, my friend. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> okay, Night Scythe. Mm-hmm. Also, the Night Scythe is the same model, so one would assume the same engine, and there's no mention of that engine. Oh, not even in the Night Scythe. Uh, no. Doom Scythe, it doesn't say this is based on the Night Scythe. Because normally they do that thing where they have two units of the same, and it says it's based on the same chassis. Nope. Okay. They don't even mention it. Okay. And right. the Night Scythe Lord doesn't mention the engine doing anything at all. Okay. I would assume it does, because they're effectively the same, just one has a prism underneath it, an underslung prism. And that makes all the difference, though. It does. You've never seen a flying prism going out. That's terrifying. 
with a nimbus around it. <laughs> Not a nimbus. No. Right, the Night Scythe. It has the same uh, stat line. Yeah. Do you want me to run through it again? No. Just, just remember it, chaps. There just we go. It. Yeah. Um, it's only equipped the two Tesla destructors. That's the assault four, strength seven, D one. Roll of a six plus scores a three. It's rather than one. It Which isn't have, bad. It isn't bad, but it's also in a weird spot in that it's. I suppose it is eight shots against infantry, so that's like five point six hits or something. Yeah, it's it's not terrible. It's not terrible. Then and then it's, with the sixes, you get bonus. Yeah, but it, Boni. But who's the target for this? Like, because it's strength seven. I would say the lack of AP yeah. combined with strength seven, and it's only damage one, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's in a weird spot as who it's meant to be targeting, but in both cases, it's not the main job. The Doom yeah. Scythe doesn't have this main role. It's not the main role of the Night Scythe. It's just a nice bonus. A nice bonus. Indeed. Okay, so it's living metal, regenerating one a turn. Airborne, so you know, can't charge except for things with fly, etc. All that's good stuff. Good to hit, so minus one to shooting attacks against it. Supersonic, that's the rule about the pivoting and the 90 degree pivot, and then, yeah. Crash and burn, we covered that. Yep. Works weirdly, but it's the easiest way to do it. And finally, invasion beams. <laughs> when you set up this model, <laughs> yep. um, you can also set up any number of friendly uh, dynasty infantry units on the tomb world rather than setting them up on the battlefield. Before this model moves in your movement phase, a single friendly dynasty unit that was set up on the tomb world can be beamed into the onto sorry into would be a catastrophic failure of death <laughs> <laughs> onto the battlefield by the night scythe. Set up the unit so it's wholly within three inches of this model and more than one inch away from enemy models. If all night scythe and monoliths are destroyed, um, any dynasty units on the tomb world will be. Counted as slain for the purpose of the battle. Yep. This is quite nice. Mm -hmm. Considering just how quick the Night Scythe is. Yeah. And the fact that you can assault after popping out of it. Yeah. Which is very nice. only issue I have with it is that the Night Scythe does not have quantum shielding. Yes. So it is only 12 wounds. Toughness 6. Toughness 6. You are pretty heavily reliant on that minus 1 to hit. And any dedicated... Well, I don't know. Living metal on both of these is pretty important. It is because but of that minus one to hit, coupled with their twelve wounds. Uh, I would say it is actually impactful on these two, because if you do lack dedicated anti-air, yeah, uh, you can just have it where it just whiffs. Like I've had it myself, where I fire las cannons at a flyer. Was this back in the days where it was only sixes to hit though? No, 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 okay. no. This was minus one. Like it's just a bad roll, just a bad yeah. roll, which keeps the the unit alive. But I I do think if you're relying on your opponent to roll badly. That's not a sound strategy. Yeah. I mean, the thing that makes these guys dangerous is the fact that if they are all destroyed, you just lose those units. There are yeah. stratagems which... There are stratagems which do let you like beam in one unit as an emergency thing, etc. Yeah, but, but it's still pretty punishing. If, you take, if, if you're really doubling down on the strategy, it's pretty darn damaging if you lose them. Like, say you took three and three units of 20 Necron Warriors. And then lost all three in the first turn. Yeah. Which can happen. Because also, happen. you're not going to be deploying them first turn, obviously. Yeah. So you need to have your first turn, then fly to them. So either they have first turn, where they then shoot at your chaps, you fly them over, they shoot at your chaps again before you drop anything, or you have first turn, fly them over, then you're within rapid-fire range of everything, which has yeah. rapid-fire. They have one volley there, and then you deploy. Either way, it's not great. It's not great. And uh, the lack of jink in this edition really does hurt these. I do not know what that's that means. That's basically you always got a cover save if you moved quickly. Oh, okay. And I believe on these guys it was a 5 plus cover save. Oh. Just for moving quickly. That's not bad. So previously, yep. you'd fly straight into the enemy lines. Yep. And then a third of all damage would be ignored by your jink save. 
Whereas these yeah. guys have no invun, nope. armor save 3 plus, yep. any dedicated anti tank. It's going to strip that right off. And it will. Yeah. To the law. To the law. Basically, they're the first wave of attack. So it's the, okay, we want to go to that world, we'll fly out some of these, and then start deploying our boys, which you know, makes sense. Okay, yeah. imagery wise, yep. seeing a load of these descending on a planet would be awesome. Oh, no, but like, that's the first proper invasion, but they actually go before that as well. This is where they start doing some of the um, classic horror tropes, in that it's if it's a fairly advanced species they're trying to interact with, they will stealth these things along and try and abduct people and you know examine them or take them oh, back to tomb no. worlds. They're oh, probing, no. folks. Okay, when you told me the rule for their beaming down of people, yep. I instantly thought of destroy all humans. Yep. And now that you're telling me they abduct people as well. <laughs> that they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> And it's a weird one for the Necrons to have. It is definitely because, weird. Okay, there's the trying to understand your foe, but the Necrons don't really do that because Gorse works... Against it, anything, yeah. Yeah. It's not like, wait, we, we need to tune our rifles to the specific frequency. We need to understand their culture. No, no you're, here, don't. <laughs> you're here to kill them. So yeah, they, they'll spend a little while. Or they may send some back into society, either brainwashed or with mind-shackled scarabs in them. To act as spies and saboteurs for the proper okay. invasion. All right. Which, admittedly, that does redeem it slightly. So you have redeems it slightly. But, but things. How how far do you go with this process? Okay, you've got to be spying on communications. You <laughs> the then have to planet is you have to abduct controlled. some people to give you access to you know the people who have the actual codes for the planetary defense systems. You have to abduct them. Yeah. Without being noticed, then send them back in. Also, hold on. How do the Necrons know who to abduct? This is what I'm saying. You have to abduct someone random and work your way up the chain, learning oh, more about the culture. Like, this is sporadically abducting people. Like, okay, is he the guy? No, he's not no, the no, guy. You, you, you have, say it's a culture you know nothing about yeah. at all. Yeah. So you have to turn up and you have to you find a, a place of fairly you know low population, yeah. abduct one person. Yeah. You learn what you can from them. Maybe send them back into the community as a spy, etc. Okay. While trying to decode their language. And as, as you get okay. further, spying communications the best you can. You start learning, okay, so uh, you probably looked at various locations gone, that looks like a big planetary defence gun. Yep. <laughs> so you try to get people near there, and you go, okay, so work out who's in charge of that. Okay, find out what their routine is by you know, abducting some of their like followers. Also, this is all done with night scythes. Yep. Like, this isn't like some small craft. This is some big hovering boy in the sky. Yep. It just nothing about the night scythe made me think that's covert arts. Well, you have to remember they have the same engine. Yeah. No, they don't. They, they, they don't. They don't. Sorry, they just look exactly they look identical. Exactly the same. They work the same way, except there's no sound out of these ones. Yes. Imagine that. Like <laughs> one of the, one of the people in your city just starts floating into the air. There's this massive droning like it's invisible. Oh, I guess there's no aliens coming. <laughs> what? Okay, it's. Hold on. It's a very complicated process to get anywhere when the Necrons would just turn up and smash them. Yeah, the Necrons, they are not the guys that need, you know, infiltration. They don't need spies. They don't need these... Oh, yeah, they pay the, the, the you know, the task manager, task commander, whatever, of the barracks to, you know, keep all the guard inside or whatever. They don't give a fuck. They'll just turn up and smash shit. Yeah. Oh, no, it'll be a bit more difficult and we'll have more casualties. We regenerate. <laughs> yeah. But also... What annoys me about this is that they've done this whole, oh yeah, it's one of these alien UFO horror tropes. Yeah. That's my Stewie voice. Um, I, it was not bad, actually. It wasn't bad. No. Uh, 
You but... too could be a tiny homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the... the uh... oh, God, it's too hot. I can't even it, think of the joke is, here. It's about 34 the, degrees. The endless climbs that I could reach. <laughs> um, but Do you, you mean to say endless peaks? No, I didn't. <laughs> the you, climbs. You could start endless climbs start if you start climbing now. But with with the night scythe, <laughs> it has this stupid UFO tropey thing. Yeah, yep. wah, wah, wah. But that completely undermines the old Necron horror. The old Necron horror was they would turn up and they would not relent and you would be destroyed. That yep. is it. The Necrons turn up, you are fucked. It is game over. Now it's, oh, they need to use this UFO. I'm doing the studio voice again. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> they need to do this UFO infiltration bullshit tactics. You do realise that we could, just, we could just claim we have, you know, Seth MacFarlane as a guest. Just do the studio <laughs> voice. We'll do this for fame until he sues us. <laughs> He's a cool dude. He wouldn't do that. But yeah, okay, so the night side pisses me off. I like it on the tabletop. I like yeah, it there. I, I actually like the models as well. But when I like the model too, yeah. yeah. But when you think about the law and how it does undermine the Necrons, it I does. But then it. again, this is because the Necrons are so much whoever you want them to be at this stage. You could just have your Necron force not do this. It doesn't say all Necrons do this. Yeah, that's true. It's just that's a true. typically this is how it is done. Yeah, not in my Necron army. Yeah, like the Necrons are really not the people to do the whole invasion of the body snatchers type. Deal. I think Tyranids are way better for that, and you had they, that with Gene Steeler. They do cult. it way better. Gene Steeler yeah. cult do it way better. They do. Speaking of which, great new models. Go check them out if you like them. Go check them out. Necromunda, fucking sweet model coming. Guy with three pistols. Awesome. Sorry, carry on. It's a bit better than he makes it sound, believe me. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I think that's it for the Night Scythe and Doom Scythe. What, what do we think of them as a pair, then? Uh, I love the Night Scythe for fun games. Yeah. The, the, I really do like, like that. The, also, the amount of just... Um, Fun scenarios you could do with night scythes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Loads of stuff. Like if you're just like on thematic the... things, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doom South, uh, I still like it. Gotta say, I do still like it. I do like it. It's been improved by the three datasheet limit. It has, yeah. Because before you would just take all uh, Doomsday arcs, because they are such good anti tank. Yeah. Whereas the Doom South is actually not too bad at anti tank. But if you if you take three. Arcs. Yep. Would you take a Doomsday Arc at all? Uh, sorry, a uh, Doom Scythe. Doom Scythe. If I'm night hunting, yeah. I need all the strength, 10, D6 damage I can get. Yeah, true, true. Okay, so against knights, you would take these. I'll take these, I'll take all Doomsday Arcs. <laughs> I'll be taking the Stalkers. I don't know what else, much else sort of space I'd have in my army, but you need it. You do. But yeah, I so accidentally referenced you need, I'm sorry. I did realise that. I, I almost leapt from my is, chair. This is a dark time. You. Anyway, We sorry. will do Gathering Storm at some point, but yeah. I think Gathering Storm might kill both of us out of sheer rage at the stupidity of the lore. I've I've briefly, briefly skimmed some of it, because I don't want to spoil it, yeah. and my blood pressure already punched a hole in my own face. My That's estimate... why I look like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I reckon I'll end up with a thousand notes in it. Sorry, yeah, no, a thousand notes. I'm not even exaggerating. Okay, I will, that's ballsy. That's ballsy. I, I, I will. You. I will condense it down for purposes of the podcast. But yeah. Okay. Sorry. Next. Yeah. Unit. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Next unit. Gathering Stormside. That, that was a teaser for the future. Teaser. Teaser. The next one's the obelisk. Sexy and, model. Yes. Okay. The, these next two units. In fact, all, all the units this this week 
Yeah. Are sexy models. They are sexy models. We greatly approve of these. Like, if, if you field one of these, there will be no rage. Yeah, no, these, that's nice. these are some of the best editions from the 6th edition, Neucrons. Fantastic shit. Yeah, really digging these. The Obelisk. Okay, we have three profiles again. So, when it has wounds 13 to 24, movement 8 inches, BS 3 plus, gravity pulse 18 inches, we'll get there. 7 to 12 uh, wounds remaining, movement 6 inches, BS 4 plus, gravity pulse 12 inches. Wounds 1 to 6, uh, movement 4, BS 5 plus, 6 inch gravity pulse. Here's a WS for 6 plus, strength 8, toughness 8, wounds 24, 3 attacks, leadership 10, save 3 plus. Which is not a bad stat line. It's not bad. Yep. Not bad. It's got four Tesla spheres, which are 24 inch range, assault 5, strength 7, AP 0, D1. Each hit roll of a 6 plus the weapon causes three hits instead of one. So that's, you know, 20 shots of that within 24 inches of the model, which isn't bad. That's pretty hot. It's pretty hot. Living metal, reaching one way to turn. Hovering sentinel. During deployment, you can set up this model in the upper atmosphere instead of placing it on the battlefield. At the end of your movement phase, place uh, phases the. At, at, let me start that again. Yep. At the end of any of your movement phases, the obelisk can plummet to the battlefield, set up anywhere on the battlefield that is more than twelve inches away from any any enemy models. It's basically the same as a monolith. It and it's basically the same as deep strike, except it's twelve inches away rather than nine. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm, and this is a big model, so that's quite it, far. Yeah, that is quite far. It's going to be quite hard to do. Especially in later turns, they've moved a little bit up the battlefield, but then there's no longer any space for the uh, the obelisk. obelisk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just drops in denial. They never get to deploy their obelisk because <laughs> you've got so many guys down there. Yeah, uh, drops in denial against an obelisk would be stupidly easy. I guess that's why they've made it twelve rather than nine, just to make sure you can't sit this thing in the back. Yeah, because yeah, this yeah. would be very difficult to remove, potentially high damage over time. Yeah, very long amount of time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gravity pulse. Start your shooting phase, roll a d6 for each enemy unit that can fly and is within the distance specified in the damage table above. On the roll of a 6, that unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. Uh, uh, can we dip into the lore here? I... no. We're nearly at the end of this. Okay, okay, whip, yeah. whip through it and we'll yeah. go through the lore. Okay, then we'll discuss how this, this rule used to work, I believe. Yeah. As is, that's kind of bad. I, okay, if you could... This is also probably why, though, they've made it so it's 12 inches rather than 9. Because if you were against, say, Dark Elder or Tau or Eldar or yeah, anyone with a high amount of fly, army. you could cover the army with this and it would be devastating. I mean, well, well, no, it wouldn't be. It, it be, wouldn't be. <laughs> it would be about six mortal wounds, <laughs> if that. Yeah, if So that. I think they've thought it would be devastating, but it really wouldn't be. I feel like they almost made a D6. If it was on a 6, you take D6 mortal wounds. I think that would that, be more acceptable. Yeah. And it wouldn't be that broken because it's only against Eldar and Tau, Dark Eldar, really. That yeah, it would come and it's on the roll of a six. And so. on the roll of a six. And getting that many units within that range is going to be difficult. But it would create the fun scenario of, okay, the Eldar now have a win uh, condition in that they have to destroy the obelisk. Instead of the Eldar just dancing around the battlefield, destroying everything you have, it would be, okay, I actually have a threat to the Eldar now. And never mind your minus one to hit bullshit. <laughs> never mind. That's a terrible faction thing. It, it, it's just broken when they have that. I like the Eldar, but minus one to hit in any faction trade. Any faction trade. Like Stygis 8, yeah. It sucks. It is so strong, it sucks. There's no other option, basically. Also, it explodes. It's reduced to zero wounds. The obelisk, not the rule. Not the rule. 
roll a d6 for removing the battlefield. On the roll of a 6, it explodes, and each unit within 2d6 suffers d6 mortal wounds. Yep. Pretty Which isn't bad. Yep. Dynasty traits can be given to it, and it has Titanic. Meaning knights can't retreat from combat from it. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. Well, no, they can do, but they then can't shoot, should I say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I just imagine this, you know... The knights, you know, in close combat with it, and this orb is sorry, this obelisk is yeah. just aggressively rubbing up against it, <laughs> like the monolith. Yep. Come on, I've got you. <laughs> You've got no arms. <laughs> I can take you. What? I can take you. <laughs> okay. The law. The law. The law's actually kind of awesome for these things. It's fucking sweet. Yeah. They are guardian class war machines, which basically they're. Scattered around a tomb world, primarily, yeah, throughout a tomb world cities. And they remain dormant and basically undetectable the whole time. But then, when, say, scout craft from a, a species turn up, or indeed the first craft, uh, first invasion craft turn up, these things activate. They come online, at which point they then turn on the gravity pulse. Which, in the lore, if enemy aircraft or skimmer strays too close, gravity pulse, an expanding sphere of force that sends intruders spinning out of control even as it shorts out their systems. That should be as it shorts out their systems, rather than even as it shorts out their systems. Even though. Even though their system's being shorted out. That's not... Yeah. <sighs> Despite which... <laughs> yeah. I sh- okay, so... It's, it's it, bad when I should be an editor for these guys. Oh, yeah, it is yeah. pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> Dire straits. Yep. And then basically it'll float up into the air and just drag everything down out of the skies around it. Then when, when that's done... Epic. Absolutely It'll then epic. go back to where it was and go back to being basically dormant. in stasis mode, yeah, and dormant. That is fucking awesome. That is really cool. It's the, the imagery is the, just the awesome. imagery is great. It's uh, it's, it's a clearly defined role in the Necron sort of society and defense, whatever. Rather than just it shoots stuff and they die. He goes no, 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 they are built for this purpose. Here's how they do it. Yeah. Well, and what's awesome about it is this is old Necrons to me. Because it is this massive mm. obelisk. Huge sleeping threat that will annihilate you. Exactly. And it wakes up and it just floats slowly out and destroys everything around it. That yep. is so awesome. Yep. So awesome. God, it, I love it, the obelisk law. Yeah, the obelisk is fantastic law-wise. Okay, now it's a real shame that the rule does not at all it represent doesn't. that. On a it, six, it takes D3. In the, this is meant to be the planetary invasion deterrent. Yeah. I would like it if they had two rules. Okay. One is that for fly. Because, admittedly, it would really punish some armies. I I say that, but... uh, No, it would if it was how I'm going to suggest the next rule works. And I would say they bring in the old rule they had. Okay. When it came to flyers. I don't think it applied to units that had fly, because fly didn't exist then. No. It was... Pure flyers. Pure flyers. Actual planes. Yep. It basically uh, made them so that it was dangerous terrain around it, which meant on the roll of a six... I think it was roll of one. Or the roll of a one, sorry. Uh, so I'm guessing it was the enemy's turn. They, when they move, they... Ha- yeah, yeah they, when you move, yeah, yeah, when they, you start or end your turn in dangerous terrain, you roll a d6. On a one, the unit is just removed. It would be... I think it's a, they'd lose a model or something if it was uh, troops on the ground in a minefield. Yeah, but or flyers, if it's a vehicle. Oh, no, with vehicles, it was they were immobilized. Yeah. And with flyers, that meant oh. that they would smash into the ground. Exactly. And they'd then blow up. And I would say bring that back for flyers because I think flyers aren't really that prevalent yeah. in uh, yeah, yeah. this current iteration 40, of 40k yeah. in eighth edition. Um, and it would just be a nice way of going. Yeah, it has a really cool purpose. Yeah, 
Uh, I would actually want Gravity Pulse to be much, much stronger versus everything with just Fly here. Because yeah. I want it to reflect the law, and I don't mind if you make the points increased. So this thing oh. isn't a competitive must-take. Yeah. However, if you're going against Eldar or something, you could have this fun game. It's a tech choice. like. Yeah. yeah. Whereas right now, if you take an Obelisk versus Eldar, the Eldar really are just going to laugh at you. Yeah, because for the same amount of points, they could take so many dark creepers, so many wave oh, serpents that it just—it's silly. The obelisk. I'm going to give a hint as to the points cost. I think it, it is over 400. It's—it's it's high. It's it absurdly high. high for this thing. In a 2,000-point game, it is nearly a quarter of your points. Yeah, it's—it's it's a shadow over 420 points. Okay, that's an awful that's lot of points. That's a bit too accurate. We should just say it's over 400. Well, <laughs> as is. <laughs> And it has two huge problems. First of all, being the points cost. Yes. Which, along with its you know ineffectual weaponry and special ability, yeah, really hurts you, it. You can afford to ignore this thing, yep. basically. The other problem is it's complete. It's competing in the war. Uh, l- Lord of hell. War slot. Thank you. <laughs> the temperature is obscene. Uh, <laughs> it's competing in the Lord of War slot with a Tesseract Vault, which also shares the same kit. But it is assembled in an entirely different way. And anyone familiar with the Tesseract Vault, it's fucking awesome. The Tesseract Vault is amazing. By the way, speaking of models, I actually think it's at the uh, Nottingham uh, GW. Like They have like this studio of uh, all these awesomely arranged miniatures, and they yeah. normally have massive battles and stuff. Uh, I believe they had one where they had a, one of these obelisks using its gravity pulse and like three planes being like, oh, pulled down. It was awesome. really awesome. They're like on fire and stuff coming down. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, you, really you once, awesome. once again fucked up one of my segues, but... No, we're back to the that's Tesseract just, Vault. That's just your job at this there. stage. Yeah, no, so the Tesseract Vault. This is, if you're going for Lord of War, you're taking this one. Every time. If you're buying the kit, you're building this one, because it's just categorically better. Yeah, from a rule standpoint, from a model standpoint, I could argue either way. Model standpoint, I could argue either way. I, I would lean towards the Tesseract Vault, because I love Catan, but... So would I. Yeah. And it's a really cool image. It's so yes. dramatic. So like, dramatic. Like, it... It's just a fantastic model for the when you have the two armies lined up, Tesseract Vault advancing, looking awesome, like potential dudes. Anyway, anyway, yeah, enough. I don't know what to call enough it. Enough chat chat. <laughs> okay, so it's got you know fifteen to twenty eight wounds. So it has more wounds than the Obelisk as well. Fifteen to twenty eight wounds. Movement eight inches a turn. BS three plus, and you can use three powers of the Katana turn. Wounds eight to fourteen. Uh, six inch move. BS four plus, two powers of the Katana turn. One to seven wounds. Four inch move. BS five plus. One power of the katana turn. Six plus uh, in close combat, WS. Strength eight, toughness seven, which is a problem. That is a pretty big problem. It's a really bizarre rules choice as well. I, I have a big problem with the toughness seven, toughness eight divisory board. I think it's because they want it to be more like katana, and to be fair, toughness eight, it may be broken. Like, I think it would be broken at toughness True. eight. True. Uh, 28 wounds. Attacks three, leadership ten, save three plus. Equipped the four Tesla spheres, which is the assault five, strength seven, D one, roll over six, three yep. hits rather than one. Living metal, regenerating one wound a turn. Doesn't matter so much at twenty eight wounds, but it's there. Powers of the Katan. It knows four powers of the Katan and can use three, two, or one, depending on what wounds it's on per turn. It has also this is the big reason why you want it over the obelisk as well. It has the trans temporal force field, which is a four plus invun, which is I do not understand why the Oculus doesn't have this. Because it's not a Catan. I know it's not a Catan, but it needs some sort of Invan or something. Yeah, it's, 
the obelisk is way too weak. Yeah. Just in general. Yep. In general, everything about it's weak. And it has Vengeance of the Unchained, which is if the model is reduced to zero wounds, roll a d6 for removing on the battlefield from the battlefield. On a four plus, it the Catan contain the Catan contained within takes their vengeance, and each unit within two d6 suffers d6 model wounds. Again, awesome. Yeah. Really awesome. Yeah. Are we done rules wise? I think we are. Okay. Well, I mean, Powers of the Catan. Yeah. Uh, the one where you cast it and every unit within nine is hit by your yeah, this is... chance to hit mortal wounds. The Tesseract Vault is a massive model. Yeah. So nine inches around that is crazy. Yeah. Like it's, the actual area you It's a sweep. colossal amount of space. Yeah. So if you just have this you know, at the front of your force, in the middle, then step forwards those eight inches. Well, they're not going to be within range. But if they've advanced forwards or whatever. Yeah. If you can just get close with this thing, you hit a shit ton of models. Yeah. And if they're using min, mo- uh, min squad sizes, this thing just wrecks them. Absolutely wrecks them. Because also, because it's um, Tesseract Vault, basically all the powers of the Catan are, rather than being a 4+, it's a 3+. Which is massive again. Yep, absolutely massive again. So, it's deadly as fuck. When it comes to uh, a fair few things. If we're spamming mortal wounds, it's great. Absolutely yeah. great. Um, shall we go into the lore? Briefly? I would love to, yeah. Okay. So the Katana usually contained, however they are, sometimes in trinkets, because they're piddly and pathetic. Depends how big the shard is. Depends how big the shard is. tiny shard. Put in Tesseract, Labyrinths, etc. The Tesseract vaults are the ones way beyond that. Yeah. So it's ones that have either found other shards themselves and grown more powerful or just weren't broken down enough, <laughs> apparently. And so... When, the, when they are proper... Most Necrons are quite scared to use a Katan anyway. Because there's a chance it'll break free and go mental. Well, no, because all they're doing is they unleash the Katan. It never says Pretty that much. they control the Katan. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is a great, massive, massive plus there's, point there's, for the writers. There's some who do control them. Okay, well, that massive plus has just been reduced to a, a plus minus. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a mixed plus. Okay. And so this acts as both a prison and a conduit. Hence why I can do more powers, etc. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. That also seems uh, kind of... Uh, what's the word here? Uh, dangerous? Because if there's something so powerful that you're afraid of it, that you seal it away in this tomb, when it yeah. comes out of the tomb, the tomb actually makes it even oh, no. more powerful. It, it is constantly trying to break free as well. While opened up, etc. And so you have to have a... Was it a Canoptic Sentinel? Many-armed construct possessed of incredible durability due to the... Im- Impervium, oh <laughs> yeah, of hi- sorry the impervium hyper alloys. <laughs> That's that D twelve yeah. <laughs> of its construction, and it's only creature with a molecular strength enough to survive such close proximity to a transcendent katan. This jailer creature exists only to marshal the intense or of the power exuding from the vaults captive and keep its servant the Necron masters. Wait, is that the thing from Forge World? No. Oh. Okay. It is not represented on the model. It is not represented uh, in this picture. Oh man, that's such this a shame. Artwork, yeah. I I would love to see that thing. It would be really awesome if you got a little model that could keep the katan in check. That'd be cool. And then if it died, the katan could break out. Yep. That'd be fun. That'd be fun as hell. Basically, yeah, like it's teams with attendant scarabs. This vault constantly repairing it because the katan is basically wrecking it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. So opening this thing up is a huge liability. Um, I love it though. As a doomsday weapon, yeah. as doomsday weapons go, that's and, fucking. Awesome. Yeah. And then the rest of like the law, the like last fairly large cha- uh, paragraph is just going. Yeah, this thing will annihilate everything. It'll move forward so and just it turn should. things to dust. It's like, yep, that's 
Yep. It's a god in a vault. And this isn't even anywhere near how powerful they used to be. It's more powerful than the old models used to be. Yeah. yeah but um, yeah. as in terms of how powerful the katana meant to be, this is nothing. It is a bit weird, though, because it shits on the Nightbringer's lore. Like, the Nightbringer used to be a top dog. Back yep. in 4th edition, he was a top dog. Yep. Uh, now, with the Transcendent Gatan and the guys in the vaults. Yep. And the Nightbringer's not meant to be in shards, is he? I, I think be... he is in shards. He is in shards. Okay. It's still, it's kind of weird because I do like the Nightbringer. He's the old model. It'd be kind of as if, guys, uh, you had. The leader of the Ultramarines, who was really awesome and great. Say, um, that guy of the two... Manius Kalgar. And you could like liked him, he was respectable, he did a lot of cool shit. And then someone just turned up, robbed him of the job. <laughs> yeah, tossed him off his throne. Yeah. Not in the good way. Not in the good way. Real shame. Although, to be fair, at least that one was set up beforehand by more talented writers. Yeah, well, th- that version would be as if the Nightbringer was banished, and the yeah. Nightbringer came back yeah, and yeah, was yeah. more powerful than the yeah, other that, Yeah, yeah. Whereas this is probably more like Gasgol. Yep. Gasgol of the Orcs. Yep. And then next edition, they just introduce a guy that's better than Gasgol. It's like, but Gasgol was the big guy of the Orcs. Yeah, yeah. but... Like, the Nightbringer was the face of the Catan. Yeah. He really was, because the Deceiver was there. He was kind of cool. But everyone preferred the Nightbringer. Yeah. Everyone did. That's why he's in Dark Crusade. Yes, he is. That game is going to keep coming up until <laughs> you play it. Is. It's a good game. It like, really is. From a 40k perspective, they It's a lot cheaper. It. It's a lot cheaper. It is a lot cheaper. <laughs> Speaking of expense, Tesseract Vaults, a lot of money. You're not going to... This is the thing of the whole no, Obelisk. Well, yeah, they're a lot obelisk of money. Obelisk Tesseract Vault. Yeah. You're not going to buy a second... No. Like it, well, you, you might can do. do you can do. Yeah, if you're a real Necron nut, you're going to buy two. But if, yeah. you've got, if you're just building like a 2,000-point army, 2,500-point army, you're not going to want two of these. Like, depending how far you're going with your Necron, depending how far you're willing to go. I mean, yeah, if you want to go proper, like, Mechron. Mechron. Yeah, we go a bunch of Doomsday Arcs, some Spiders, some Doomsides, Tesseract Vaults. I can see that working. I don't know, I can see multiple Tesseract Vaults, but I don't see you putting oh, no, you... Tesseract Vault Obelisk. <laughs> yeah, no. Because the Obelisk... There's no space for the Obelisk. A lot of monetary cost. If you live in Australia, you're probably going to have to kill a relative to inherit their money to buy... I think that's, why they, that's why they ended up in Australia, wasn't it? That's dangerous. That's dangerous. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so how, how, how are we doing <laughs> the Vault? Do you feel... Sorry, no, the, okay. The, the Vault. I really like it. It's also in an interesting spot where it's expensive, it can do a lot, and it's also not great against other, like, super heavies. This is the thing with most super heavies, it turns out. They're interesting, they're quite fun, bad versus other super heavies, unless the knights. Which one, knights, knights win against everything. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that stacks up very nicely versus knights. When it comes to super heavies. Tower, in infa- Tower infantry wreck them. Tower infantry, but let's not open up that Pandora's box again. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, we'd have to talk about the maths. Anyway. No. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, anything left? Anything want to discuss there? It has fly. So, uh, it could, on the roll of a six, take D3 mortal wounds from an obelisk. Yeah, the, the counter Tesseract fault strategy. I bring an obelisk. <laughs> roll that D3. And it's, a, it's on the ro- result of a six, you get D3 mortal wounds. On the, like, it's on the roll of, of a five or a six, it'd be tempting, but. No. But for D3, it's I know, still it's, it's rubbish. Yeah. Obelisk. What have you done to Look, my obby boy here? The obelisk is crap. Tesseract Vault. Really cool model. Yeah. I'd love to see yeah. them restore it with some good rules. Yeah. The Tesseract Vault has good rules. The obelisk, sorry. Right. Te- tesseract Vault is good for where it is. The Tester Vault. Tester Vault. Uh, that is 
That is all it, the units. That's all the units in this codex. That's all of them. That's all of them. Now, we're not going to cover stratagems because... There's not enough lore justification yeah. behind the stratagems. Well, also, like, we wouldn't be able to make it entertaining enough. It would end up just being... I don't being... think we can do anything entertaining enough. Well, that's true. <laughs> but this would just be 30 minutes of me reading at you and you going, yep. That's a stratagem. That's a stratagem. Now and again going, that one's quite good, that one's quite bad, that would be it. Yeah. Like, so instead, we're just going to finish, we're going to round this off with a brief... Well, hold on. No. Before we round it off... All right, sorry. We will, we will round it. Round it like Beckham. That's but... not a phrase. <laughs> it could be. Could no. Be. With the stratagems... Necron ones, I would say they are, if there's an average line for stratagems, Necrons are slightly behind on the stratagems. I feel like their stratagems, there's not a whole lot of fluff. There's not a lot, yeah. whole lot of fun. Yeah, there's, there there's are very strong ones, which you definitely pick. But compared to Dark Eldar, compared to uh, Eldar. Tau. Tau. Tau have some fantastic ones. Knights have some quite nice stratagems as that well. They do. That they most certainly do. Yeah. So I think Necrons are slight losers when it comes to stratagems, which again is a shame. Yeah, it is a shame, but... I think there's a lot of room where they can improve upon it in yep. the next iteration of the Codex, and I'd love to see that. Yeah. Because Necrons aren't a top-tier army. They're not, no. But they're, not... they're definitely a fun one, though, because there's an awful lot you can do. There's not a... Absolutely. They don't really have a prescribed style. They just have a lot of potential styles which you could build around or try different things, like Necrons I mentioned earlier. What do you want to do with fast Necrons? A bunch of uh, Tesla Destructor carrying... Barges, things, you know, the things. things yep. Like, yep. Ghost arcs. Yeah, go for some of them, some wraith, etc. Annihilation barges, yeah, that yep. sort of stuff. Take um, But I have to say, the Necron Codex is one of my favourite codices of the or codices of the new edition because it's not a great codex <laughs> in terms of competitiveness. It is not a great codex. It's not going to be top tier. There's no good. No, there's not a strategy in here which people haven't discovered, which yeah. will be the next thing. You have to work awfully hard to try and make it as effective as top-tier lists, and you're probably not going to be top-tier. Yeah, and that that is a shame. It is a shame. But the thing I love about it is all, well, pretty much all of the units, pretty much all of them, there are a few exceptions, pretty yep. much all of them are viable. And yep. for friendly games, which is what I am about, that is my jam. I love that. It's also what most people play. Exactly. As, as much as we like to, in the Reddits, etc., go, although that's clearly the most inefficient option, you go, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but most people, cool. most people aren't playing tournaments. Yeah, and you can have a lot of new people learning the games. So you want to play fun games with them. And Necrons are thematic as hell. Yeah, they really are. They are fucking awesome. Now let's discuss how that thematic has changed from the third edition to the sixth edition. Oh god! With the dynasties. Was it third edition the last? Book? I think it was the third edition where that codex came in. I still remember that codex. We still have it. We still have that codex. That's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, crack it out. No. <laughs> okay. So, Tech Dynasty. So, this is the one which um, Imitek the Stormlord is in charge of. And this is the most powerful, most prominent one. And it's the one which has like the classic paint scheme of silver and a little bit of green in there. Um, and it's the most powerful simply because Imitek woke up, saw a bunch of infighting, went, fuck this, I'm taking control. And he did. So, they are kind of a juggernaut of success. Which is awesome. It is awesome. So they sort of spread out from their area, and they have a lot of very successful battles going on, etc., doing all that stuff wonderfully. They have the weird thing where storms precede their armies on the worlds they're going to invade. I am definitely not a fan of that. Yeah, it is weird how he just went, and the Stormlord can summon lightning. <laughs> Why? I don't <laughs> know. Is that in it's, there? It's cool. Like, there's no, he literally gives no justification other than it's cool. Yeah. Which, sometimes that's enough in 40k. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but you need I'm, a little bit of setup for it. I'm prepared for, to let this one slide, but I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. 
yeah. Okay, so that's basically it. that's why they're that that's why you could argue the old Necrons were how they were being just silver and green as the most recognisable because they're actually Sotex, so the most prominent. Uh, on, on their dark reputation alone, uh, have systems surrendered to the Sotek, preferring life as slaves of the Necrons to annihilation uh, rather than annihilation at the hands of their legions. What do the Necrons use slaves for? I don't know. Building pyramids would be my first guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, are they going to be working the fields to supply them with food? Or? Yeah, I have no idea. Are they going to be building things? Because I think Necrons have everything built from a long time ago. And also considering scarabs break matter down into yeah. energy to then remake into matter, yeah. I don't think slaves can beat that. I think it's literally at this stage just... They're stage. Egyptians! I think it's just a status thing. Oh, it could be. Like, in the olden days you had slaves. And so they go, okay, we'll have slaves. Make them do uh, manual labour. What To do what? Uh, to make food for them. So they to make food for the slaves. Yeah, exactly. So slaves will work the fields to make food for the slaves and then build monuments to the Necron Lord and just do that so they can just go yeah I have a shit ton of slaves like, I can kind of see that as a crazy status symbol yeah okay yeah. I'll let it pass I'm, I'm... as these guys are pharaohs yeah yep. pharaohs uh, is there anything else in here I don't, I don't think so I think that's I mean they're, they're pretty vanilla but yep. so that anyone can play them exactly yeah and they kind of do what the old Necrons did anyway so it's, it's, it's not bad not particularly interesting pretty cool how they have the whole I said, the, the olden days, they're united, they're going to annihilate you type thing. Yeah. It's nice to see that again. I think if you're a classic Necron player, they kind of would be the faction that would appeal to you. Most likely, yeah. They do have, they do have some other cool ones, like the Mefrit dynasty. Mefrit? 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 Oh, let me read that. I think it's Mefrit. Mefrit! As in if... No, um, no it's, it would be Mefrit, as in Ifrit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's Mefrit. Otherwise known as the Solar Reapers. Careful you say that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> these are the ones who, back in the olden days, before, well, back in the war in heaven, they would annihilate uh, entire systems. Okay. Like they that's would, cool. They would destroy planets, or now and again, they would wipe out an entire system. But let me just quickly find the phrase. Where is it? Let me find it. I can't find it, but it's essentially, sorry, there it is. Hyper accelerated supernova. They just speed okay. up the life cycle of a star massively. Don't know how they do that. They need to feed it a lot of energy. And, Deprive it of energy. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Take all the hydrogen away. Okay, there we go. Look at the science it's, stuff again. It's pretty cool, though. I do like that. Yeah, that is sexy as hell. Then, That's the way I'd be. Then supernova system. These are the guys who had a cryptic who tried to annihilate time. Also my jam. Yeah. I think I, I think these ones originated from Forge World, maybe? Oh, Forge World made them. Oh, yeah, I think Forge World are the ones who created these. Because I've seen a lot of people saying they're the Forge World bunch. Oh, that's really awesome. Which explains why they're cool. That explains why they're really fucking awesome. Yeah. Forge World, great set of writers. As it, since the War in Heaven, they've had a bit of a decline. Because um, they lost a bunch of shit. Most of the world-ending weapons is gone. They've either fallen to disrepair or stolen or broken or whatever. Yeah. They, also, they lost their Pharaon as well. Oh, a lot of people lost their Pharaons. Sotek might, kind of has one back with uh, Imotech. These guys, they lost their chap because I believe the Elder. Sorry, the, the Eldari assassins got him. The Eldari. Il Dali assassins. Il Dali. Il Dali. It's <laughs> more fun on. than Eldar, let's put it that way. It is. Uh, so then a bunch of the overlords kind of invite him to try and do this either. Except for Zarathusa the Ineffable. Nice reference, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do enjoy a bit of ineffability. I thought you like a bit of nature. Anyway. <laughs> so. No, I don't. <laughs> that's the reference they're making. Yeah. And he's the only one who's trying to actually do the expansion taking back the territory type thing that they've named so they've yeah. gone they're typically in fighting but there's some expanding so you can still be your dudes 
with Mefreet. Yes. They're cool. Yep. I like them. I do like them a lot, I have to say. Mefreet, top dog. Top dog. Who's the next one? Nefrek. Nefrek. Nefrek, I believe is how it's pronounced. Nefrek. 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 Something like that. <laughs> it's It's got a lot of H's. Just, just call them the end boys. I don't think that's going to work out. <laughs> that's... No. Otherwise known as the Bringers of Dawn. I thought you said the Breeze of Dawn then. Yeah. <laughs> they are the hippie crumbs. Wow. Yeah. They don't believe in fighting, just mutual... Well, in the current iteration of how the Necrons work, you could have Hipcrons. I would. Sorry, Hipcrons are the ones who could dance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a very weird invasion. Yeah. They're abducting people and teaching them how to dance. Oh, God. Wait, and then, oh my God, that's going to be the next step up film. They have to defeat the Necrons with a dance off. I'd watch it. Yeah, and then I one of the, one of the crew, one of the crew would be abducted, <laughs> and then he'd turn up dancing for the Necrons, and they'd be like, "No, not Jason!" But then the love of their dance would return into them. I could write a step up film, guys. Give it based the around Necrons. <laughs> you need both licenses there. <laughs> I think I can get them. I wish you luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, they had a bunch of sons. Their crown world shit uh, is right next to sons. So, rich in the solar wealth of scores of systems. Oh. Yep. Uh, they cluster around a bunch of stars, giving them basically near limitless supplies of energy. That is how suns work. Yep. Now... It gets a bit weird here. Okay. They say, from this golden chalice of flame, the Nefrik <laughs> drink deep. Deep. <laughs> deep. <laughs> they drink deep, channeling its forces into translocation beams so powerful they can lead their armies from one system to another at the speed of light. The way that is phrased and immediately follows the, they have, you know, star nestling solar panels. Yeah. Makes it sound like they're channeling the energy from their home systems to everything they have. Uh, my guess would be it... only when they send the army. Well, no. They, they would energize cause... this, and then they send the army. I... Like, you pretend it, it works that way. I'm going to pretend it works that way, but I think it's meant to be their ships elsewhere still work like this. I think they just worded it badly. Just say they have hyper... Sorry, they have super technology. There you go. They have super energy. They have yep. a lot of energy. Anyway, so Farron Syphilek... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what?! You can't call him that. Well, he went crazy, so... <laughs> oh, maybe that's a reference. In which case, well I think I think this is actually a piece well of well-done, subtle... Oh. That's a round it's, of applause. It's not old Necrons, but it's funny. It is funny. Yeah, so we'll let it pass. Okay, so... <laughs> yep, he emerged from his hyperstasis. Why is it not just stasis? What? Yeah, why is it hyperstasis? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> With his personality degraded to the edge of madness. Okay. <laughs> Become, he has a consumed by an obsession with the stars <laughs> and wished to drape himself in their molten glory. So, the Cryptex crafted him a skin of living metagold that can turn into pure light through advanced hyperalchemical processes. Okay. That's this, a lot of... This This is where they just wanted to have him gold and turning into light. The Farron has since seen himself as a celestial deity given bodily form. So he should. So, so he, he should. should, to be fair. This golden form is a gift Syphilek has since shared with his trusted servants. I don't want to know how. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Turns out they're so going mad this, as well. No, th now. This is actually reflected in the rules. 
bizarrely for once. Okay. So if your warlord is Nifric, um, it's minus one to hit him at all times because he's gloriously golden, shining gold boy. Grossly incandescent. Grossly. Grossly incandescent. Fuck it. Do not. Grossly incandescent. Do not misquote. That's Lord and Saviour, yeah. So. Uh, they can do that, and then even the lowliest ones can activate traces of metagold, which means they shift and stutter across the battlefield at frightening speed. So basically when they advance, they automatically uh, move six, I believe? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But this is kind of a weird one, because I think the whole using solar energy... Blah 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 blah. Turning into light. Turning into light. They want to. I, they want to turn into light. That's the end goal of this faction. They want to turn they, that process where they phase and shift. They want that to be permanent. Right. Why? Uh, you'd be a lot quicker. You would be, but you'd also be light. You can't hurt anyone. I know. All right then. <laughs> Some Necrons want to be real boys. Some, Some, Some of them want, want to be, to be light. light. Yeah. Well, credit to them. That's quite a nice one. That's it, quite like an ah, oh, oh, <laughs> that adorable Necron I think Lord. I've got cream for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they kind of are the hippie grounds. Oh, man, I, I just yeah. want to be light. Yeah, I'm just going to use my hyper technologies to turn into hyper beams with my hyper phantasma. Did you mean advanced hyperalchemical processes? Processes. Yes. <laughs> Not processes. 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 <laughs> I like these guys. Nihilak. Nihilak. Or the Nihilac, if you want to be American. You can be whatever you want to be. That you can. Necrons. Necrons. We encourage you. Okay, so these ones were super rich hoarders. Okay. And when they woke up, they found that a bunch of their shit had been plundered. Okay. So they kind of stuck to their borders and hid. Okay, I would imagine that it would be the opposite. I'd imagine they'd go into a rage. I don't know. They, They spent a while just... Building up their border patrol, making sure nobody gets in, and hiding. Okay. Since then, they've started to militarize near the edges. Okay. Um, also, stupidly rich. So even like lowly necros have like a bunch of was it precious turquoise and jewels into the armor of their legions. So yeah. Um, but as as something that lives forever, do you really put any value into anything else? <laughs> If you want to like start, you argue, you start arguing about the fucking value of things based on mortality or immortality, number one, we're going to start discussing The Wolverine, which was a shit film. Okay. Number two... <laughs> Why is that coming to it? Because the entire thing was him going, ah, oh, my life is worthless, I'm immortal. Then that Japanese dude going, no, your life is the only one that can actually be worthwhile because you are immortal. And that's the exact argument we're going to get into, and it's a shit film. I cannot emphasise enough. Okay. Do not watch that film. It was a waste of an hour and a half of my life. I think it's longer. It may have been longer. It felt like I was trapped in that cinema for three fucking days yep. of horror. Old Necrons have nothing on this film. Good God, is it bad. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> it was abysmal. I saw it in 3D because there's no other options. And it was awful 3D. So you sat there and you have a fucking like, twig in the foreground wildly out of focus. But it's right in front of your oh, eyes. So you I keep trying that. to look at it. But it's out of focus. But your eyes want to focus on it. So you get a headache because this twig's right in your face. While Wolverine walks around dramatically doing fuck all. He had a shirt off for a bit of it. He did have a shirt off for a bit of it. That in 3D <laughs> was, was worth the price of admission. But... <laughs> Well, I watched uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens in 3D, and they had sparks from, I think, somebody's, like, that welding. That could be cool. The sparks were really cool, yeah. but 
the ones near the centre were in focus. The ones near the edges uh, were not in focus. So it's instantly that, that headache-inducing, ah, ah, what is this? Anyway, no, back to these guys. They used to be hoarders. They were Fuck the pirates. No, no, hang on. <laughs> I did not. Uh, didn't think that through. Okay, they're not pirates. They're not pirates. No, because oh. there's the pirate king. There is the pirate king. Yeah. So, tech. Yeah. Amongst their treasures is the Yith Seer. Okay, I. That's that's a reference. Do. Lovecraft. It's spelt differently, but having said it out loud, that's Yith. the Yith. Yeah. Oh. Who were an, an ancient race who could time travel and solve stuff in the future, which makes sense. We're about to see. Okay. A uh, preserved head of an alien prophet who was the last of its race. The Yith also died out. So, <laughs> just going to add that in there. Yeah. Using neurographic resonators to peer into the prophet's mind, the overlords have witnessed the future of their race. It has to be a future of unavoidable conflict, but the Nilak are gathering the legions for war. Or well, some would say, <laughs> in the far flung future, there's only war. Yeah, this, that's a bit of a weird one. It's like you need an oracle to tell you that there's going to be fighting in 40k. That's like. <laughs> like the orcs exist. Yeah, the orcs exist. You do, know that it's going to be fine. Trying to briefly bring up the immune system theory. Well, did here. we not bring it up last time? No. Oh well, there's there's a really cool theory about the orcs, uh, which is not mine, nowhere near mine. I've read about it online. Yep. I couldn't tell you who the original author is, but somebody penned it that the orcs are actually the universe's immune system, and the idea is that when uh, one faction gets out of control and starts, you know, manipulating space around them because they're so big, say the Imperium, yep. the orcs then rise in prominence and fighting ability uh, against this enemy because the enemy is powerful and the orcs will rise to match that power by either growing larger or growing more spores, more orcs turning up. Yep. Big fighty thing. Which is massively flawed because they don't understand how the orcs work. Well, no, it's a really cool theory and I it like is. the theory. But it's the cool downside theory, is, but... is that the orcs... Once they grow into an unstoppable war, they will go on till they are stopped. It's not so much an immune system as in... It's, uh, a, it's a constantly growing force. It's not going to then die out as a result of no conflict, because they will infight. Yeah, they will infight. They will cause more spores. Yeah. Like, killing an orc is a dangerous thing. Yeah. Uh, but the Necrons are the ones who can defeat orcs. Oh, no, yeah, they have. There's... Literally, in the Navok dynasty, which we're about to discuss, oh, they mentioned oh, this. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I didn't actually know that. that was, look at that accidental... That was a... That was a great segue. <laughs> Sorry, that, I'm proud of both of us for that accident. Yeah, something we. I understand no how parents over. feel now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Novok Dynasty, otherwise known as the Crimson Reapers. Yeah. So they've been slow to awaken, it says, but basically, every time they get into a war, they get a bit quicker awakening and all that sort of shit. So they'll go into battle doing the whole slow Necron wander. But then they sort of get closer to actual fighting and they start going a little bit mental and getting more and more into it and sort of waking up a bit. Okay. And so they also, this isn't mentioned here, but it's mentioned in other bits of the law where the Novok just aren't trusted by anyone else because they were bloodthirsty maniacs in the olden days. Yeah. Uh, so everyone else going, oh no, there's the honourable codes of how I'm meant to fight. They just went, no, don't give a shit. We'll send wraiths to kill you. We will deploy... All that shit. There's no nothing else. Yeah, we'll use death marks against people. We don't care about the code of contact. Yep. Fair enough to them. I wouldn't argue with them. Okay. You'd be death marked. <laughs> you would be death marked. 24, 20 guys would turn up and fire very inaccurate shots at you, and maybe if they hit you, 
your mind would be slightly dazzled. Ever so slightly. Okay. So, they have an overlord called Galmac. 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 Um, I think they're going for Gilgamesh here, or is it just me trying to find a reference where there's none? I think it's you trying to find a reference where there's none. I'd expect so. Okay. So, he's doing, he's doing very well, having since woken up. He's called the Moon Killer. Because he kills moons to disrupt the gravity on worlds. I'm not sure how much of an effect they would actually have when it comes to an invasion scenario. I mean, I think by then, if the Necrons are invading your world, blowing up your moon is not a massive problem. Yeah, like, I mean, your tides will go out of control. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm sure some shit would happen, but it's really not invasion level shit. Yeah, like, the Necrons are here, you're pretty fucked already. Yeah, that's a bigger problem. (laughs) The moon's gone. (laughs) At the heart of his armies is the Crimson God. Is this a... Carry on? <laughs> this is a Catan, enslaved by the Navok, din- okay. dynasty millennia ago. The Shard is commanded at all times by the redoubtable overlord known as the Crimson King. An unwilling vassal, the Catan drifts ominously across the battlefield, meeting out destruction with its incredible powers, but never quite in the way the Crimson King could wish for. This is meant to be like one of the most powerful Catan... It's it, 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 that's just the computer. That's just the computer. One of the most powerful Catan shards there is. It's absurdly powerful. So much so. Okay, the Navok have been having a lot of fights with Greenskins, because... You do? Yeah, there are two armies that would like to fight each other. And the Navok are doing pretty fucking well. Because, oh, you'll release spores and you die. You'll leave nothing when you die. Because of the gorse. Because of the gorse. But with the Crimson God, more than one warboss has been utterly erased from existence by the Crimson God leaving the orcs utterly baffled as they try and recall who it was they're following to battle mere moments ago. They literally annihilate them from existence and the past. Like, yeah, just from the memories of everyone. That's awesome. That is a great, cool... Also, the Crimson God. It sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. I want to see a model of that. I would fucking love to see a model of that. If it was, like, uh, Primark level? Yeah. Like, really powerful, the Crimson God. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd absolutely love to see that. If every faction got its own Super Catan... That'd oh. be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Like, well, in, the, think... in the style of them. Yeah. That'd be awesome. It'd be great. They're not going to do that, though. They're not. Yeah. I mean, it but... does get a little bit campy, but I would like it. I'd be ha- so. I would be happy with it just being the Crimson King, though. Like, Yeah. I, I, awesome I would enough. like there to be more, but I'd be completely happy if it was just Crimson King. Yeah. And an updated Night- Nightbringer model. Yeah. There you go. The, the old one's sexy. The old one is sexy as hell, but yeah. I want them to update it so that they can then make the Nightbringer better. Because, guys, in modern 40k, the bigger something is, the better it is. Such as the Riptide. It's bigger than a battlesuit. Make it much, much better. Yeah, the, Riptide, no, the Storm Surge is bigger than a Riptide. It's not better. Yeah, that, right, that's a bad example. Yeah, the Riptide's a Knights, bad example. Knights are amazing. Yep. Titans are... Eh. <laughs> Reboot Gilliman, more bigger than a, a Space Marine, more powerful. It's very Ergo. simple. Size. <laughs> vis-a-vis. <laughs> vis-a-vis. Ergo. Ergo. <laughs> Size equals manliness. I I believe that's it. I think I think we're done with this book. I mean... Wait, what, what are the rules in the houses? I didn't get some of we, the rules. We have discussed the rules in the houses before. The codes, sorry. The Necron the codes. The genetic codes. We have discussed it before. We have, but in fleeting moments. Just give me the uh, Novok one. Okay, the Navok one is... Da, 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 da. Yeah, re-roll hit rolls in the fight phase for units with this code. If they're charged, were charged, performed heroic intervention this turn. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see an army of them. Crimson King. 
Yeah. Okay, so I yeah, it'd be awesome. It would be awesome. Final thoughts. Necrons. Where would you place them? What does that mean? Where would they be in our world? Within Games Workshop stores, enthusiasts' homes. Some would be in lorries being transported to the store. Some would be in cars, actually, coming from stores to home. Um, do you see many Necrons out there? I do not see many Necrons out there. I don't go out there. This is, this is well, a that's big... That's a problem with you. But yeah, I, do, I, I don't see many Necrons out there. Yeah. At tournaments, at the local shop. Yeah. I think there's one guy that collects Necrons that isn't Alan. Yep. Uh, guys, if you're interested in Necrons... And you're a friendly gamer. I, feel, I think if they're listening to this podcast, they're probably interested in Necrons. Most likely. Yeah, at, Most this, likely. at this stage. But if they haven't, I would recommend them. Yeah, they are definitely a fun army. With a lot of, a lot of options to have your own style of how you want to play them. I would also argue that there's a lot of room for home rules. Because I would be 100% in just home ruling so much stuff in the Necron Codex. Such as the Obelisk, I would just home rule that. I would make new profiles for it. Oh yeah, I'm but okay the, with that. And but, but you can but you can say is, that of any army though. Like then if you got a home rule something. I don't mind Necrons going to the point where they are the Doomsday Army. I don't mind breaking Necrons. I don't mind them being brokenly strong because they're supposed to be. It's also weird because you did face them in sixth where they were proper broken. I did, but again, I always took the beating with a smile <laughs> on my face because I love Necrons. <laughs> I was pretty mad at the time, but I had a very strange <laughs> smile with it. <laughs> well done for beating me. <laughs> See you in the car park. <laughs> he made that man's day. <laughs> uh, 50 quid. Not bad. Went back in, bought an Echo Fab Force. <laughs> I'm not soliciting prostitution. I'm not advising to be a prostitute. Don't do that. Get Necrons. This is the Brothers Grim Dark. <laughs> Signing off on the Necron Codex. Are we going to tease yep. the next thing? The next thing will be knights. Strap yourselves in, get your baby carriers ready, because it's the big boys. They're coming to town. <laughs>